Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you wanna learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Kuhn. I'm on the journey to go from hip-hop dancing engineer turned multifamily real estate investor. This is the show where I interview multifamily real estate investors and discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. But before I introduce today's guest, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you already have a podcast, a YouTube channel, a platform, a website, maybe you're trying to throw a summit, uh, and you're ready to create more content that breaks through the noise, be sure to check out Nightly Productions, find out how they can help you stop wasting time and money on content that does not deliver. Now, for today's guest, he is an active real estate syndicator and investor. In 2016, he founded Yerusi Holdings, a multifamily investment firm currently with over 850 units, totaling over $75 million in real estate. The firm repositions properties through operational efficiencies, moderate to extensive renovations, and complete rebranding. He also hosts the YouTube channel, The Jason and Pilly Projects, and The Multifamily Live. His monthly multifamily meetup has amassed over 2,500 members. And fun fact, in 2020, he ran over 2,500 miles, including over 500 miles in the month of April alone, which included over 18 marathons. His wife, Pilly, and Jason co-authored the book, Fit Rich Life, providing tactical advice one can do in 15 minutes or less a day to change the course of your life for the positive. Please give a warm aloha welcome to Jason Yerusi. Hey, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. But before we begin, I'd love to know just like the background behind how you and uh, Pilly started with the aloha in the morning. You know, you, you find a point where you're transitioning your life, where there's lots of times where, where things seem out of control, right? And so mm-hmm. many times we, we let our lives go like that throughout the course of our life and we never feel like we're ever in control. And there has to be a point where either that just continues to go on and we consistently say, you know, I wish this wasn't the case, or you decide that something has to change. And for us, Huey and I worked in the restaurant world, the bar world, worked many years in that. We're always on, you know, the end, the late night, right? That's when our, our life basically happened. And as we were transitioning to a different phase of our life, Huey was pregnant with our first child. We just, we had to make a change, right? We had to figure out a way to just take control back of our life. And Aloha led us to the path to just control our morning, to take control of the things that we are in control of. So many times we think that we're out of control of of so many things around us, but ultimately we do control what we say, we control what we think, we control how we feel and how we act. And if we can start the day with a point of taking back the control from the second we get up, that as the day goes on, we've, we've won that part of it. And now when things come up that aren't ideal, we can put the focus in there instead of having the day go in a direction that wasn't great, right? We wake up late, you know, we're running out the door, we eat poorly, we don't have the time, we don't have the energy. And then the day spirals out of control. And that's how most live because we don't take the moment to say, okay, enough's enough. What can I do to change? And Aloha was that step for us to change the narrative, to put the focus back on controlling our day and then allowing everything to build from there. Interesting. So it's sort of like you're just foundation just because 
Oh, I was just even thinking as you were talking and, and reflecting, it was like, you know, sometimes I definitely feel out of control in a, in a lot of different ways where I feel like my yeah. life is dict- dictated by a schedule, by a job. And I feel like I'm running around with my, my head chopped off sometimes. Um, no, so that's, that's great feed, like feedback and just insight behind the Aloha. Now switching over to multifamily, because uh, I feel like we can talk about Aloha sure. a lot. But with multifamily, though, so how did you make the transition then from, you know, restaurants and then in, in your background over to multifamily and why? You know, it, it's it's never a linear path, right? And sometimes you, you think you're on a course, but as life goes, things are going to change, right? And either we fight the narrative consistently or we just say, okay, what else is there out there? And so we were on that path. I had, um, you know, opened and sold a brewery. I opened some restaurants and worked at a really um, pretty, pretty crazy bar and restaurant in New York City. And 2012 happened, Hurricane Sandy. My dad has a construction company in New Jersey. Flooding happened everywhere in New Jersey. My dad's construction company blows up. It's a, it's a mom and pop shop, still is today. But my brother, who was working for me at the time, and myself and Peely, we went out to New Jersey to help dad, really to help dad to just take the, the business to the next level. Right. What that gave me was it was fun to be with dad, but it, it just it showed me the reason I didn't want to be in that space. Right. I didn't want to be in that direction where we were so busy. Right. If there was 25 hours in a day, eight days a week, we could have used them. And as I said, Peely was pregnant. So we're thinking we want to get our time back. We want to control our day. And here we are in a path that's taking us completely in the opposite direction, right? We're so busy with our days. We're so active. There's no time. There's there's just no time at all. And it's a job where you have to do to get, right? And that's like most of us. If you don't work, you don't do something, well, then there's no money, right? So we said, well, what else could there be out there? And we had always talked or thought about real estate. And so we got into real estate. However, it was the active side, right? So Peely got a real estate license. We started flipping, we started wholesaling, we started doing all these things that we thought were the, the way, right? We thought this was direction, but here we go, crazy busy with construction. And now we just added crazier busy with all the active real estate. And so now we go from no time to less time. And we said, well, okay, we're, we're again, we're going away from the path, right? Because if the goal is get back to control our day, control our life, control our outcome, well, we're going the opposite direction. So what can we do here? And PD met someone who was buying rentals out of state. And that just seemed very interesting to us because we saw they were putting together a process, putting together teams, putting together a whole business plan, be able to go to these properties and use their time effectively to empower other people to do the work. And so Mm -hmm. we jumped on that and we started buying some small rentals out of state and all of a sudden, we're able to use our management skills, what we've done, and take take ourselves out of the point of actually doing the piece to piece. And that allowed us to empower other people, but also grow us and grow our opportunities. But when we got there, I said, well, this is fantastic. However, it's not scalable, right? So we're doing two and three units. I'm not going to be able to do this all over town. I'm not going to be able to just have 50 duplexes across town to, to give us this scalability to get us to that next stage. So I took that step and we said, okay, what else is there? And I found large apartment investing. And that large apartment investing gave us the opportunity to go and seek other people that are doing it successfully and take the next step right there. So from that point, and if you got the little kids in the background, I apologize. No, it's okay. I was going to say, it sounds pretty serious. You want to go check it out? (laughs) No, we got three of them out there. And so the two-year-old is still finding his words. And so he's choosing it. (laughs) Well, happy Father's Day too, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, man. (laughs) So we took that step, man. And we took that next stage to say, okay, 
how could we do this? And so we sold those small multifamily. We took the next step into the evolution of our life. And from there, went and brought about eight months later, a 94 unit in Louisville, Kentucky. And that was back in May of 2017. And that was the genesis. That was the start for us to understand how to leverage ourselves to empower other people to do bigger and better things. And so we buy these apartment buildings, we make them better communities, which of course serves the tenants, gives them a better place to live, ultimately produces better income, which leads to a uh, better return for us and our investors. You know, uh, I would love if you can just like elaborate more on just like leveraging yourselves, like you and Peely, because I mean, something that you touched on in terms of just management, I mean, with having three kids, multiple businesses, and and with just so much going on, then can we just elaborate uh, a little bit more on just like how we can leverage ourselves and empower just like the the people around us to to also do better in their you know, respective communities? So many times we think that we have to do everything because if we don't do it, it's gonna it's it's just not gonna be done right. Right. But we're not always the best at everything. And very rarely are we the best at everything. But when we have that mentality, we say, okay, we're going to do everything. But ultimately, there's just one of me, one of you, one of one of each of us, right? And so there's going to be a limited capacity of what we can get done. So at many points that we think that we have to do everything ourselves and, and that if we don't, nothing's going to get done or, or worse, nothing's going to get done right. And when we continue to think like that, we keep ourselves back, right? Because you're just one of me, one of you, and we can't get anywhere because we're doing all these things, right? We're balancing all this stuff. And if I was to say, like, let's get back to the restaurant, like, hey, can you just take these 84 plates to, to table three at the same time, right? Well, you're like, okay, I'll try, but you're going to drop 70 of them because you're not able to do all of that, right? And so most of the time you may get done the three things done, but then the other 27 that just kind of needed to be completed you can't get to, right? Because one, they're, they're not important enough on your list. And two, there's no time to do them, but they just need to get checked, right? They just need to get done. And when you empower your team, put people in a position to help you, mm-hmm. you're also serving them, right? Because that's that's where they're meant to be, right? They don't want to be you, that they're going out there to, to take the risk, to take the point, to do these things. They want to be a person who can be in that position, right? So you're taking away from them, giving them the opportunity to do what they're great and good at. And you're also now not serving yourself because- you're trying to do everything and, and you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Hey, that's, that's just really insightful and, and, and sort of refreshing the, to know that you shouldn't be doing everything and you should rely on your resources too. And just to help you like push forward. Right. But yes. something I want to, I want to touch on too. Uh, and what I'm very impressed and inspired by is the foundation that you and, and Pilly have as a partnership and how that has sort of been that foundation through a lot of your other businesses. And so, I mean, I'd love to know if you do, if you don't mind sharing, just like when y'all first met, did you like think that y'all were going to be like business business partners, like in the future, or did it sort of just well, like we make it easier? So we yeah. we didn't know we were going to be a couple because we oh. worked together first. Oh, and so you know we, we we met working together, right? So that's how we first met in that life. We were both in our separate paths and different relationships, right? So yeah. we went through that narrative. And so we understood that side of it. And when we became a couple, that was the new part, right? So, so the new part was becoming a couple. And we both understood what we wanted, right? Because that's why we became a couple. And wow. where I find that a lot of partnerships fail, and this could be whether you're you know, husband and wife or just business partners, is that we don't ask what the other one wants, 
right? We assume, we assume what the other one wants. So if it's a husband and wife, right? And the, the wife's out there or the husband's out there buying multifamily property, you're like, well, I'm taking care of the family, trying to grow generational wealth. But if they never ask the question of the, the significant other, well, maybe that person just wants them home more, right? They just, they don't care about right now about the generation. They just want you home and not out working 23 and a half hours a day. Mm-hmm. And if you think about partnerships, the opposite, the other thing happens is that most of the time partnerships get formed out of friendship, right? But who's your friend? It's the same person as you, right? It's basically like the same kind of part. So you're, you're partnering with someone who has the same traits as you, right? You're, you're both good in the same areas and you're not that you're not that yin yang and what needs to be provided, right? You're not those, those key pieces, right? So you may be all good at marketing or good at talking, but nobody's strong at the underwriting or nobody's really um, detail oriented, right? So you're missing those points. So you're both in the same car when you need those other cars driving to the same destination with you to get your goal. And when we, and when we don't have those alignment goals, okay, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? How are we both going to put in the effort? Are we both clear in our goals? Are they short-term goals? Are they long-term goals? Do we want to invest in areas that have appreciation or cash flow? When we're not clear because we don't have the questions that seem tough, what that does is that creates the tough situations that we didn't want to happen because we wouldn't have the uncomfortable talk in the front. You know, mm-hmm. probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, like one of like a, a thing I, I did is that, you know, I had a friendship room because I, I helped a friend open a restaurant. We weren't clear. We didn't have those talks up front. Right. And so we had those points and, you know, the restaurant still open, but for the, the lesson there was that I prefer to have the friendship, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that those are hard lessons learned that you have to learn sometimes at the, I guess, at the cost of friendship. And so where you see a lot of disruption in partnerships is that we don't have those talks. We, we each assume we can understand what the other wants, or we each assume that, well, I'm working so hard. Well, the other person may not think that that's what's supposed to be done here or may have different alignments. And because we haven't set the stage, each of us are on different paths, although we, we both think we're on the right path. And, you know, so what's, what's really fascinating about that too, is the fact that y'all just keep sort of a, a transparency and an open communication then uh, between you two. And I mean, if you don't mind me asking a little bit more and digging more, like, do, do you and Peely dive uh, and have like separate times, like in the morning or in the evenings? Like, cause with everybody going around, I mean, trying to find time and dedicating time with each other to sort of like figure out game plans and make sure that there is that transparency, I feel like is, is huge. So do you have like a set routine that, that y'all do? Yeah. That's why we both started getting up earlier. Right. And that's mm. where Aloha came. We had to, when you have kids that are going to get up early, right. It's not like when they get up at like seven, they're like, okay, Hey dad and mom, just go do whatever you want to do. And then we'll just be here hanging out until you're done. You know, like they're, <laughs> it's, 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 right. And so you have to, you have to change your lifestyle to meet the direction of where you want to go with your goals, right? If we were just fine, just get up and let the day take what it is, we could get up at seven with the kids, right? But if we want to have the time to set the narrative for our day, we have to get up before them. We have to get up earlier to set the stage for how the day is going to go. And it also puts in this position that when we get up, when we get up, we can do and take the time for ourselves. So when the kids go get up, we can now spend the time with ourselves, uh, with the kids, right? Instead of being, oh, now we're up and the kids are up both at the same time. And here we are and everybody's frantic right? Mm-hmm. We want to be able to get up, make sure, am I focused? Am I clear? Take a couple minutes to meditate, to think about where, where I'm going to go to work out, to be, put myself in a better position, to be a better me. And then now the kids get up. Okay. Now we can be with the kids. And then that's how we can take on the day together 
instead of allowing it just to be, as I said earlier, just constant chaos that we like feel we've lost control of. Hmm. Got it. Got it. Got it. And you know, something I know we haven't really even dove into a lot of multi multifamily yet, but we're going to get, we're yeah, we're, we're going to get there. Uh, you know, cause at least like in transparency, like as long as I'm in, in this journey and, and trying to get into multifamily and, and be an, an active syndicator, you know, it, something that I've, I've just found so much difficulty in is, is sometimes just like the balance and then just having that strong foundation and, and something that I noticed that you two do as well is just like having along with Aloha, just like fitness, um, both mentally and physically that can also be a solid foundation. So I was wondering if you could just elaborate on, on why uh, you have fitness as such a strong emphasis in your life that can also help you in, in other aspects of your life. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's physical and mental health, right? And if you think about yourself, right, what's good for doing all this, if you can't, you know, reap the rewards and, and enjoy them, right? Because if, if you get to a point here where I grow old and I've made all this money, but I'm sick and I'm, I'm haggardly, well, what was all this for? If I can't put this to use and then have the, the mind and body to, to feel and fit with it, Mm-hmm. then it's going from the opposite direction of being able to set the narrative for my day, my life, and to be with my family. You know, and if I was, if I was to ask you, like, if you say you're balancing, like, what is it that's, that you feel is keeping you from, from taking that step or into your journey of multifamily? Hmm. So, I mean, I think I'm taking like prop, well, not, oh, you know, proper steps, you know, actually, you know, that, that actually, no one's ever really asked me that question. I think I'm taking proper steps and in, in moving forward and like having these conversations and in the podcast world and like trying to surround myself with like-minded individuals. I think just that where the unbalanced, the, where the imbalance comes, comes into play is just like my own physical health. Cause uh, you know, I'm also a recruiter. So I, I work at home. I was in construction actually beforehand and making that transition from construction to recruiter, like I'm sitting at my desk all the time. I got a stand-up desk, and so I'm just trying to like get a little bit more active. But even yep. then, uh, I feel like I was just I was so committed to, and I think I'm just like pushing and, and burning myself out so much, where I'm like having only four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, just because I want to make it. And then when I make it, and maybe just get my first deal, then I feel like everything has changed. But the more I keep diving down, like, I feel like that might not be the case. Cause I feel like it can only get easier. I mean, it can only get harder. <laughs> so what, what I hear there and, and which comments I feel too, is that we, we think there's a making it out there, but you're, you're, a, you're a person who's active. You're going to go after it. Right. So you're going to get to that first deal, but like now where's the second one. Right. So, so the first deal usually doesn't get to that point where we're like, well, we're set, you know, you're, you're going to be like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's keep going. Right. And that's just who you are and who you're inbred with. And so when we think about it, it's just the journey we're on right now. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's seasons where you're going to work more than others. And you're going to go into imbalancement where you're going to spend more time in your work because you're going after that first part. But you have to look at the journey. And it's like, we, we look so much like at the goal and it seems like that's, that's, the, that's where all the focus is. But it's really the steps we're taking now where the focus is, is has to be because we have to, we're going to continually be on the journey. The goals will come and you'll check them off and then check off another one and check off another one. But you're, it's 99% of the time on the journey, 1% at the goal, and then on to the next. Rarely are we at the point for the goal where the goal is like 99%, right? Because mm. that doesn't happen. You're not setting that stage where we're going to stop there. We're, we're just in that fact. And when we think about the goal, we forget about the journey. 
And the journey just comes to the things you're doing right now. It's to, we, we can't be better unless we learn better questions. And the, the better questions get us the better answers. And so, yeah, if you're taking steps forward, you're absolutely on the right journey because you're learning what to do and what not to do. And if I just sat here and did nothing, well, it, like everything, the, the world's moving, even though I don't feel like it, the earth's evolving around us, mm-hmm. even though we feel like we're still, it's still moving. Everything changes. Everything's changing around us and we're changing too. But we have to go forward to find where that next change is for us to come. And so your multifamily journey, you, you have a goal in line, but that goal is, again, not going to be linear. You're going to go, you're going to pivot, you're going to come back to it, you're going to pivot, you're going to come back to it, you're going to pivot. Because each time you're going to find a new question that's going to lead you to a better answer to, to that multifamily property, to that goal. Mm-hmm. And if I was to think like, you know, where we were at like 10 years ago, like I wouldn't be ready for it. So like, if you were like, well, you know, 10 years ago, if you were able to tell yourself what you knew today, how would you use that? Like I'd waste it because I, I wouldn't have been ready for those, for those, for that knowledge to understand the questions to ask. I would have just been a person at that time who was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I could do that. Okay. But I wouldn't have had maybe the mindset or the motivation or a mix of anything to understand that this was the steps I was going to take. But now as I've been preparing myself, like you're preparing yourself, you're getting out there, you're taking action, you're moving yourself forward, you're moving yourself down the path Well, you're getting closer to your goal, even though it feels like this goal is so far away. Well, yeah, those, those are goals. You know, they're always, they're always on the outset for us, but you'll get there. And it's just, and then you'll look back and like, well, uh, I, that wasn't that hard. Right. And then you get to the next one and that's going to seem monumental, right? It's like those things that happened five years ago that you can't even remember today, but at the moment, you're like, this is life ending. This is crucial. It's the biggest point. It's never, I'm never going to get past this. And then you get past it and it's not that bad. And now today you can't even remember it. Hmm. Got it. In, you know, now highlighting that, that journey, when you went to that 94 unit, you know, bringing back the question, then like, did you think that you needed to start out with out-of-state rentals or do you think that you could have just like went straight to, to multifamily? I guess the, the question that I was trying to, that I'm trying to ask is because I feel like there's a common narrative where people think that, oh, you know, in order for you to be a syndicator or be active in apartment buildings, you should start off with single family first and then, you know, just work your way up. But I've heard mixed uh, reviews of people saying, no, you don't really need it. Or yes, you should learn how to manage an asset. So like in, in your opinion, like what is, what is your take on that? Well, it's like, Hey, I want to go ride the bike. So to learn to ride a bike, I'm going to go learn to swim. You know, it's like, it's like, okay. I, I guess that that serves some purpose, but it's the same thing, right? So if I knew the larger apartment buildings was a thing, I could have just gone for that. But because I didn't even know it existed until I got into the small multifamily to learn, oh, this is cool. And then discover the large multifamily, right? So the step to, from where you are to large multifamily is just, just mindset. That, that's all it is. If you, if you break it down, it gives you every potential to do better across the board with the economies of scale, with the leverage, with the ways that you can win, then the single family. So the only reason to do the single family is because your mind's telling you, you know, I want to play it safe, but you're not really even playing it safe. You get a single family home and you got one bad tenant who during COVID doesn't want to pay you at all. And like, and you're in a state, you can't get them out. You're stuck. You got one riff, like roof blow off on a single family home. You're stuck, you know, one water heater, right? You know, anything, right? So you're, you're only stuck to that leverage and that the bank's going to be like, well, this is riskier than the large apartment building. So we're going to charge you um, more because it's an investment property with, with limited upside, right? So, so everything you're doing with a single family house, it's just giving you the comfort, right? It's like, like that comfort blanket, but it's really, 
only providing you the, the mental comfort and nothing else. Mm. Interesting. So it's, it's a, it, it's a lot about just having that mindset and, and switching that mindset then. And so when y'all switch the mindset, I'd love if you could just elaborate then on that 94 unit over in Louisville, like what were some of those learning lessons that you've had? Like, was it scary, like making that jump from small multis to, to bigger multis? It's always it's scary, the unknown, right? And so like anything mm. you're going to do that you haven't done before is going to have some something that's going to scare you. And if it's not, typically it's probably not a, a big enough risk or big enough potential for reward. So yeah, I, we, we didn't know the steps until we started aligning and seeing and, and finding mentors who were doing this. And that gave us like the empowerment to understand that, okay, they're doing this. How are they doing this? How are they doing this successfully? Because if I, I was to say, hey, explain to me like how you buy an apartment building, right? You would be able to give me the big steps, right? And I could at that time too, but it's these little in-betweens that like are little things that don't really matter in a big scale, but because they come up, you think they're like, like massive. Right. So if I was like, okay, hey, you have to do like blue sky law filings for um, once you get investors for like, you know, closing out a deal, I'd be like, what? How do you do that? Right. And, and then, okay, where do I find that? And then you can't Google it. Right. And you don't know where to go and you don't have a teammate in that part where you're like, oh, well, I, I'm stuck. And I'm, you're going to go down this rabbit hole trying to find this for a couple of weeks and it's going to delay you through a process. But if you have the right syndication lawyer or you have the right team member that you can just email or text, well, within five minutes, you're back on track. And that's why getting the people around you that can help bolster you, right? To help help bolster you so you can continue to stay in the path to, to the steps that you know are there. But it's just those little in-betweens are usually the things that, that take you and just like trip you along the path that you feel are monumental. But once you get the answer, like, okay, no big deal. Back, back, here we go, back in the highway. But at that part, you feel like all your tires just fell off the car because you don't know where to go for the answer if you don't have the people by your side. And then how did you surround yourself with, uh, and where did, where did you find these people to, to, that, that you surrounded yourself with as, yeah, as your mentors then? You know, you start seeing who else is doing this well, and then you start asking them questions. And then as they're growing, you ask them, who do they work with that they help them? Then when you get that next person, you ask that next person, right? So if you get the good broker, you ask them for the good lawyer. If you get the good lawyer, you ask them, you know, for, or the good uh, broker give you the good insurance people or the property manager, right? Could give you the right team members, right? So you're always finding good team members and then asking them for referrals. Because if you can get one person, they're usually aligned with other good people. So you allow the team to grow, we say organically, but also from within, right? It's typically not that, hey, I'm going to go source random person here and then completely separately work, work with person over here. Because as you come back together, at some point, these people might have to meet and work together. And so if you're making this point where nobody knows everybody, instead of just keeping them all aligned, you're making it more difficult yourself because now you're trying to take different ways that people work together. But if you have a team where one has worked with the other, knows how the other functions, it's good relationship with them. It makes an easy, easier process for everybody to grow and succeed together. Ah, okay. So they, they already have that established chemistry then moving forward and, and it gives so you the step, right? At least gives you that interest and it gives you that point. Um, does it always work? No, but if you constantly are asking good people for other good people, they want to help you. So they're going to help you. And then it also makes it warm into the next conversation, just like investors, right? If you get a referral from an investor, it's so much better than a cold conversation, right? Because they already know, Hey, I've invested with Jason. Jason's done great by us. You should talk to Jason. Well, if I go talk to, you know, Nancy and like Nancy just came from Bob who just said that, 
well, it's a lot warmer of a conversation with Nancy than if Nancy, you know, found us from a podcast like, hey, and I don't know who Nancy is, right? Then it's a lot colder conversation on both sides. I was going to say, whoa, Nancy's the name of my girlfriend. That's crazy. How did you know? Oh, that? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> uh, okay. Huh. Okay, then. Now, with that first deal, that 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 94 unit, did y'all move to Louisville? Like, were y'all living there at that time? Or, oh, no, you didn't. No. Okay. No, we were in New Jersey, honestly, until just seven months ago. So we had done whatever it is, I don't God. know, seven, 800 units before we moved. Just moved. Whoa. One, just wanted to change the lifestyle. But God. two, we just wanted to get, you know, in a range of where properties are. So do you have to be? No, not at all. Can it help? Maybe, but can it hurt? Yeah, same thing, right? Because mm. the, the problem in the beginning with us doing the single family, like the flipping stuff is that we were too active and we were too close to it, right? So I want to go drive to the property and get in the car and go. Now I have to allow other team members to, to push forward the process. So if I, even if I want to go to Kentucky today, it's two and a half, three hours, right? So if I want to go to you know Atlanta, it's a couple hours, right? So I have, I have one property in town that's 25 minutes across, actually two, we just brought one the other day. But the I, it, it's 10 or 20 minutes across the, the city, right? So I guess I could go to them, but I've learned to not because what may I do? Hey, I'm here at the property. Okay, like what is that helping, right? So if I don't have a reason or agenda and I don't, and I've now put the team in the place, I'm almost becoming a distraction or, or the, the, the wrench that's keeping things from operating correctly. Interesting. And, and you know, I, I've heard Peely on the Bigger Pockets podcast talking about the difference between just being a, a cadet and a, and a general. And so in your, yeah. you know, it, it, there, you have a, there's a huge focus and emphasis making sure that you're not doing those small things that cadets could do. And you're instead, you're just leading the crew and leading the team to have and empowering them to do, you know, work and also improve the communities around them. And they, there's this whole system in this foundation that y'all have created and it's all blending together. Whoa. I'm sorry. I'm just getting like mind blown. Just, just by talking. Cause, cause it, like even just starting with Aloha, like I just, I now I'm starting to see and really visualize how everything is sort of interacting with each other. Huh. Interesting. Okay. And how did you meet these people like in, in all these different states? Did you all go to conferences? Did you go to these different meetups to have like those boots on the ground people? Like how, or I guess, how did you even get in Kentucky in the first place? You know, it's, it's, it's a yes, yes. And, and more, you could do simple things. Like I've done this, go in bigger pockets and whatever city you want to be in and you want to do multifamily. Okay. Go find a, a banker, a wholesaler, a flipper, a hard money lender, a contractor, a property manager, that's on bigger pockets. That's in that city, and just call them all up only for the context because you want to get everybody's opinion about the city, right? The, the wholesalers are going to tell you where they're going to the path of progress. The bankers are going to tell you how active the lending community is. The, the hard money people are going to tell you where they don't lend in the area because it's a bad area. The property managers are going to tell you more about the properties there and, and how tenants are doing. And so you could start learning about everything from that side, right? And so you could just make that network. You put out fifty responses on bigger pockets, maybe you have twenty calls. That 20 calls is going to ultimately make you so much more well-informed about the city. You're going to know the city instead of just saying, hey, I invest in Louisville. Well, now I know I invest in the Southeast and South Central submarkets. It's a big difference, right? Because now, now I'm, I'm positioned, but now I can empower other people and I can look for team members that fit that narrative, right? And then as you start making connections with brokers or property managers, you start learning, right? So we were working, you know, we were talking to a couple of property managers like, no, that's not our space, but these other property managers do that. Okay. So let's go have a conversation with those property managers. And then you could see how they work, how their system is, what that what works with our system. So it just is one conversation to the next, right? You continue to just 
ask better questions and it will lead you to better answers, which will lead you to more questions. And as long as you're pushing forward and finding other questions to answer, you're still at least pushing forward. Got it. Correct. Got it. Got it. Okay. So with, you know, with all the success that, that y'all have had now and, and y'all are still working like crazy throwing conferences, like I'm curious then what's the, what's the next focus? Like what's the, what's the, what are y'all focusing on now? Yeah. So we target one property per quarter. That's our goal. Right. And so, mm. so we put the steps in process to do that because that's actionable, right? If I say I want a thousand units, not really actionable, but if I say I want to do the work where we can have enough conversations to underwrite enough deals, to make enough offers, to get enough contracts, ex- offers accepted, to get one deal a quarter, that makes it actionable. Now, does it always align? No. Last year, we closed one deal in Q1, three in Q4. This year, we didn't close a deal in um, Q1. We've closed uh, one right now. We're closing another one the next two weeks, and we have another one that should close in the beginning of July, right? So we'll get three in this quarter, right? So but we're doing the steps because that's our focus to get to that point. And then the ebb and flows of how it comes out is, is completely you know separate from there. And with these deals, we're trying to do bigger and bigger deals because we the small deals, same work as the big deals. When I close a 10 unit, it's going to be the same work as a 50 unit. When I do a 50 unit, it's going to be the same work as a 100 unit. When I do a 100 unit, it's going to be the same work as a 200 unit. So we're trying to do bigger price point deals now because ultimately it, it's the same work. Hmm. And and so now then, what's the what's the legacy that that y'all want to leave in the world? Then like what's the what's the big why? You know, we 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 love the empowerment part where if we can do something right for the building, it can make it a better place for people to live. They may never know hmm. who I am, but ultimately make it a better place to live. And then with that, making it a better place to live, it creates a, a, a better product, which, which of course appreciates, which now creates more revenue, more wealth for us and our investors. And now our investors, sideline, can meet their goals, whether it's cash flow, appreciation, depreciation, tax advantages, whatever their goals are, we can now help to align to help them to our goals. And then on the other side, counter to that is now we're also building our life where we're setting up our kids in a way that we weren't positioned ourselves, where we're empowering them to understand why we're doing what we're doing, right? So we closed on this small property the other day, Friday, we drove them by that to say, hey, here's another property we purchased. We're going to make this a better place for these people to live. And so they're six, four, and two, but they they have questions around there. They're starting to wrap their minds around that, nothing to do with investing in multifamily, but some people don't have the best place to live or a great place at all. And we're fixing that for them. They get that. And so they mm-hmm. ask questions about that. And that's how we've been looking to continue to build our legacy. Yeah. You, you know, you actually were gonna, uh, you answered my question that I was going to ask is like, how are, how are you involving like the kids in it too? And so just bringing them and, and having them surrounded by what y'all are doing and sort of, they're going to by osmosis, I feel like they're going to start to understand just the reasoning behind why you're doing this, why you're doing that. Do you also have like any any games or tips for parents that also want to get their kids involved in real estate and understanding that game? It's just including them into what you're doing because so many times you want to separate work and life, but it's, it's it happens, right? So to, to allow them to understand what we're doing, right? So you know, we, we have this podcast, you know, we'll, we'll talk to them about this, or we have a meetup tonight that we're going to talk to people. What are you doing, daddy? Well, we're going to help people, help people to understand how to do what we're doing. Okay, cool. You know, so they can understand that narrative. 
showing them how when you do stuff to put money in faces, it can help things grow, right? So they wanted to they gave me like $7 that they had to for an apartment building that we brought like an $8 million apartment building. They just, they said, daddy, we want to put money to help this building. Okay, cool. Oh. You know, so we take it, we just, we just put it aside, but it's just that thing that they're, they're starting to grasp it little by little of things that are happening. Right. And so, so they're starting, their eyes are starting to look at it a little bit differently than, than just driving up and driving back and not realizing why they were ever there. Ah, interesting. Oh, that's really cute and adorable. Just the, the, the $7. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? That'll help. Um, and, you know, I, I just have to ask, because you're a two, four, and six. Is is there another one coming in the, in the way so you can get the two, four, six, and eight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, three is perfect, man. That's it. Peely's, Peely's ready to continue to push forward. She's done a lot of time in the last, uh, you know, we'll say seven years being pregnant. So she's oh. ready to just be able wow. to be be pushing forward and be happy with everybody and she's she's been so fantastic throughout this whole time but it's time to give her her body let her body be at, be at peace <laughs> and the kids we got so much happening with them that we want to give them the full attention got it shout out to pilly shout out to your family and you. uh you know it's uh it's inspiring it, it really is you know and it is goals that you know i i look for and you know my future family and 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 where i want to navigate my life to it and and the, just the work that y'all have been doing and like pushing it on social media it's it's very empowering and so i just want to say thank you for posting all of that just thank you thank you thank you now if people want to get in touch with you and want to learn more about you how can they get a hold of you Sure. Uh, so you can go over to Yurusi Holdings, Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings.com. You can find us there. My email is Jason at Yurusi Holdings, Instagram, Jason Yurusi. Awesome. And that'll be in the show notes. Thank you everyone for listening and stay tuned for in a, in a couple of days because we're going to be coming out with the action items episode. So thank you again, Jason, for hopping onto the show and I'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.